Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes uh, sitting in studio uh, alone this afternoon, this Friday afternoon. But we are, I am personally glad you have tuned in. Uh, By the way, if you're new to SWAT, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, We are a uh, a kind of a, a live talk program, if you will. But uh, we certainly invite people to uh, call in and listen uh, or ask questions. And uh, Doug McCary uh, from His Light International Ministry started a Bible study about 10 years ago here in Jacksonville. And uh, one thing leads to another. It gets up to about five Bible studies. <clears throat> and then about seven years ago, he gets this wild hair idea and says, uh, you know, I think somebody encouraged him to start doing the Bible study on radio and of course he invited me to join him and i thought well there's i could point to a dozen other guys who'd be better at this than me but by god's grace i told him i'd do it for a few weeks and a few weeks turned into seven years hard to believe but uh we're glad you've tuned in and uh typically uh if you're a a regular to swat radio fridays are typically what i call a discipleship friday where uh, I basically work through the the passage that Doug has been teaching Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, as Doug and I work through the passage together, as we talk about application, discuss discuss what we're studying, and we've been in Acts uh, for goodness almost two years, um, looking at Acts chapter twenty five this past week or this week, and uh, and then on Fridays I usually have someone in studio, usually David Gray, and David Gray and I will work through the passage just to model what it would look like if you were to sit down at a starbucks or wherever it is you spend time with your your uh your brothers your brothers in christ and how you disciple them but uh anyway today's gonna be a little unique and i'm glad you've tuned in doug's by the way if you did not catch swat radio yesterday uh doug's interview with david helling who is the writer producer and director of the movie his only son which is the story of Abram, Abraham and Isaac. By the way, it's in theaters through next Wednesday. And so I want to encourage you uh, two things. Number one, uh, go go to yesterday's broadcast, which you can listen to on the SWAT Radio app, or if you get podcast, the SWAT Radio podcast, you can just type in David Helling, and uh, it is a phenomenal interview that Doug did with David. And David was so gracious in his rather hectic and busy schedule to take time out for a literally an hour-long uh, inver- interview conversation with Doug. Um, and uh, just go, go listen to that. And then number two, go watch the movie. It is in theaters, um, at least here in Jacksonville. I don't know, I'm sure around the country, based on what I heard on the interview until next Wednesday. And so if you have not seen the movie, seriously, go see this movie. It's phenomenal. We ought to be about supporting these kind of uh, 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 movies because, goodness gracious, there's enough bad stuff out there. Uh, let's let's put the money that God has entrusted to us to good use. And so uh, anyway, I want to just encourage you. Again, go listen to the podcast from yesterday. 
go go support this movie. By the way, this movie was uh, was put on. Obviously, uh, David Helling is the writer, producer, director, but uh, it was also done put out by um, Angel Studios. Angel Studios, as many of you know, is what um, the Chosen is is done by. And so, anyway, uh, just want to encourage you to go do that. And um, anyway, it'll I think it'll truly bless you and take people with you. Uh, there's an opportunity you can actually. Uh, kind of pay it forward if you're uh, if you're inclined to do that go to www.angel.com slash free ticket um, anyway or go to www.angel.com slash pay it forward so that way others can see it and uh, but uh, David shared the gospel literally on air and it was a it was really a good reminder for me as I was sitting here listening to it, First uh, Peter two nine that we're, we're called as believers to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called us out of darkness and into light, and I mean literally, David. Before the movie goes on, uh, he kind of shares with you how this movie came about. But on the but the podcast yesterday, I mean, David literally just shared the gospel. It was beautiful, and so anyway, go 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 listen to the app, go listen to the podcast, and go watch the movie, and. Uh, Listen, as I said, if you're a regular listener to Radio SWAT Radio, you're probably used to Discipleship Fridays where David and I sit here and uh, work through a passage. But uh, as many of you know, discipleship is an essential element of SWAT Radio. Paul told his child in the faith, Timothy, he said, The things you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will teach others also. By the way, that's 2 Timothy 2.2. And think about this. That's that's four generations. And this afternoon, uh, I have the blessing of having one of those generations join me this on, on radio. And today will be a slight departure from our weekly routine, but I know you're going to be blessed as I have my youngest son, Jacob, joining me from New York City. Jacob, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's good to be back. A bit, I, I, you know, it's probably been... I don't know, five or six years feels like since I was last on. So people have probably forgotten me. I'm not a very memorable interview, but oh, looking come forward on to now. being on with you today. Come on. So uh, <laughs> I am kind of curious, uh, where, what local uh, you know coffee shop are you calling me from? Or, or are you in your little, uh, your little apartment there on the Upper West Side? I, right now, am in my little apartment in the Upper <laughs> West Side. We figured, you know, it's New York City. There's a lot of bustle. So if you sit in the coffee shop, you can't really reliably uh you can't count on a very quiet connection so i figured this would be the best place to go sitting in my my probably 10 foot by 10 foot bedroom yeah. but that's manhattan for you and uh but glad to be here hey i know it's cozy i'm sure and uh you know i, I was thinking uh, jacob is without question the coffee connoisseur of all times and and uh, although i know you, you you like it black and so uh you know, those of us who like our coffee black, we're true coffee drinkers. We're not. We're not cream. If you do it anything other than <laughs> if you if you do it anything other than black, you're you're stealing away from yourself. So. Exactly. Exactly. We're not cream drinkers with a little coffee in it, right? <clears throat> exactly. I don't want to drink some black milk. Exactly. Know? Well, I know you are uh, 
first of all, thank you for taking the time to to join me. And as you said, it has been a while since you've been on. I still recall. I don't know. It seems like I've had you in studio. I've had you call in. And uh, it's always been just great. And quite frankly, you know, as David, and I don't know if you listen to David and I on Fridays, but David and I are good, dear brothers, good friends. And he and I, quite frankly, as, as it is with Doug and I a lot of times, it's just a conversation that we would have if we went down to the Starbucks or the, you know, whatever coffee place you like to hang out. And we just chat it up. But uh, that's what I'm yep. hoping for today. I think that's a... I think that's a cool space. It's a place you think about all the content that's arisen over the last few years, this sort of long form discussion, just one-on-one, something that's really special to, to people. And it's a great place for, um, for our faith to, to be pushed out into the world. So. Boy, that's, that's so true. I, uh, I, I can, you know, I've, Jacob, I've had so many times over the years uh, for me as a dad to share with other men, maybe men who were, who were where I was 15 or 20 years ago. And, uh, and, and trust me, I, I, this doesn't come as a surprise to you. So I'm really speaking to the audience out there. I, I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't father perfectly. I didn't parent perfectly. I am certainly not the perfect husband. Um, but I had the just incredible blessing of getting to spend. And some of that was a result of, uh, your mom homeschooling which allowed me to come, you know, take you to lunch or go to breakfast with you or even invite you to come and go to a Bible study that I might be teaching. And I, I, it's hard for me. It it will never get out of my mind. Those, those mornings where you would, you and Ben would go with me to the Bible study on the West side uh, where, you know, I might be teaching, I might not be teaching, but it was always those conversations that we would have coming home. Uh, they were they were sometimes comical, sometimes serious. Uh, but you know that's really uh, kind of the 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 richness of the fellowship that I think many in the church are lacking. They just they don't have that rich you know discussion that is centered on the Word of God. I agree completely. I think it's. It's interesting. I think the world is becoming increasingly isolated. It's easy to walk in, even churches. I mean, you walk into church, you can sit down, you can get up, you can leave. And um, I think it's really important to have that one-on-one relationship with people who can be honest with you, who can help you grow. Um, without that, you're, you're really losing something. And it's something Meredith and I talk about quite frequently. Meredith is my wife. And... Uh, when we're sitting on the subway and someone's being rambunctious, there's no question you think about what is the relationship this person has with their parents. And um, I, I feel very blessed to have had a, an amazing father. I, I think, as you said, nobody does it perfect, and there's, there's grace for that. And, but I feel extremely fortunate to have, you know, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on the radio, but I have <laughs> an amazing father who was a great example to me. So, Will. Uh, that's yeah. really special, and if I think if you haven't, if maybe you didn't grow up with that privilege, it's your uh, your opportunity to step up and be that person for the next generation. So, Amen. Well, I, I shared Second Timothy two two, which you're obviously very familiar with. Uh, this idea that um, the, this faith that we have and that we are growing in 
uh, and you mentioned isolation. Yeah, we live in a world where more and more people are isolated uh, as a result of, you know, COVID really just put it in onto steroids. But the reality is with social media and all the various things and, and the entertainment world and the media and all the things that really capture our hearts, our minds, and even our souls have really robbed us of the rich fellowship that God wants us to enjoy with one another. And obviously as a father, there is to me that on this earth, apart from my wife and your wife, there's no richer and greater blessing than to have that fellowship with your sons or daughters or, you know, someone, someone close in your own family. Absolutely. Agree completely. I think that's uh, one of the biggest challenges in our generation is, and I know that this will be something we get to, but I think that sort of sense of isolation, that lack of relationship, um, that lack of community is, is a huge cause of so much of the brokenness that we see in this world. So yeah. uh, obviously I'm, I'm blessed to have amazing people in my life. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you saying that. And obviously you, you use the word grace, you know, we, I think so oftentimes, uh, you know, I am more probably aware of the areas in my life, um, not just, in the past, but even in the current situation where I stumble, where I struggle. And, uh, I was, I was sharing with a, 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 a guy a couple days ago, we were talking about raising children, you know, what it, what is the one thing you would say, Hey, what would be most helpful? And I said, you know, one thing I didn't learn, uh, that I only learned later was the, the, the term, I am sorry, I made a mistake and, uh, something you really need to know. But, uh, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to have Jacob join me again. He's going to stay on for the whole hour. Looking forward to it. Glad you tuned in. If you want to call later this afternoon, uh, we're welcome your call, 844-777-7928. If you have a question or a comment, send that to ask at SWATradio.com, and I will uh, I will answer it. But uh, love to hear from you in person. Look forward to uh, engaging back with Jacob after the break. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Guy came in my office and he said, my daughter, you wouldn't believe what she's become. The last 90 days, she's changed completely. This is Focus on the Family Minute, and counselor Michael Anderson shares what might be happening if your child's behavior seems to change dramatically. She'll do anything her friends say. She's smoking, she's shoplifting. And I said, well, what was she like 90 days ago? 
And he said, well, she was an A student and she would do anything we told her to do. And I said, well, she hasn't changed that much. She just changed who she was listening to. Oh, that's interesting. So she wasn't ever thinking for herself. And so when she stopped being obedient and listening to mom and dad and started listening to her friends, it looked like a radical change, but she hadn't developed an identity of her own yet. Well, you want your teen to make good choices, but a better long-term goal is to help them learn to listen to God and what He wants. Hear more at FamilyMinute.org. The Florida Georgia Truth Network and Ocean Way at 91.7. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, welcome back to SWAT right. Radio. Brad Sykes in studio this afternoon. Doug is. Uh, for those of you who are regular listeners, Doug is uh, takes Friday off. I've tried to encourage that with he, uh, with he and Lori to go enjoy the afternoon. So I don't know if Doug's tuning in or not, but I know he is uh, just hopefully getting a little R and R this afternoon. And again, I want to encourage you if you didn't catch Doug's interview yesterday with David Helling, uh, it was amazing. I mean, truly, such an encouragement to see that there are people putting out films like his only son who love Christ. And so, uh, anyway, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, uh, download the, uh, the, uh, SWAT radio app, listen to it through the app, or just go to the, your Apple podcast and you can listen to it there. It's uh, it's fantastic today. I'm uh, just blessed to be in, I'm in studio, but my guest is in New York city and it's my one, my, my, my youngest son, Jacob, and uh, Jacob has been such a blessing in my life and in his mom's life. And, uh, you know, some people are probably w- wondering, okay, why do you have why do you have your son on? Well, Jacob, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about, right? We do have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Stuff that we've probably talked about in other places, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying digging into it today. Well, you just you ever have those conversations, and I know you do. So this maybe isn't directed to you, but we've all had those conversations where you're like, God, "I can't wait to share this with other people." And so, in fact, just this morning, and you you know, I'm a part of an organization that meets on Friday morning called the Jacksonville Business Fellowship. And uh, this morning we were we were looking through Acts 11 and uh, the first, you know. Uh, basically first 13 verses of Luke 11 and uh, it's where a familiar passage most of us know where Jesus is instructing his disciples on how to pray but uh, after I had this conversation with these guys at the table I was like that is so rich and and it gets to the point this you know back to what we were talking about earlier which is the importance that we don't take what we learn and just hold it to ourselves. yep you don't have a good meal somewhere, you know, whether it's barbecue or it's sushi or it's a good cup of coffee. And you're just, it's our, it's our instinct. Our natural instinct is to share that. 
And uh, I'm always amazed, and, and you know, Barna's done research on this. That if you that it, I think it's like 97 percent of those who proclaim to be born again Christians have never once shared their faith with anyone else. And it's like shocking. How's that possible? But it is. I think that I think an interesting thing about that because this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Just uh, almost an intellectual idea is is a a tendency that when something truly shocks you, when it when it shakes you, and maybe you expected something to happen and it didn't happen like that, your first impulse is to tell people. Your first impulse is to go say something. And how how much more radical could there be something than than the gospel? I mean, it's it's a complete shock to the system. I think in some ways maybe it's just become so normal when we don't take it as a serious and radical as the idea of the gospel actually is. Um, otherwise, we'd be compelled, you know, go compelled to go talk to somebody about it. I think that it's kind of an interesting example the the idea of a restaurant because that's I think the ubiquitous thing that we tell everybody about. Maybe I go to a restaurant and I have expectations of what it's going to be like, and it's just dramatically better or it's dramatically worse. And the first thing that I want to do is go tell somebody, hey, this restaurant, absolutely atrocious, or this this is the best restaurant ever. And uh, so much of it is just relative to our own expectations of it. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say that in some ways perhaps we just have lost that uh, view of how radical – and surprising the gospel is. Um, was it yeah. was it Luther who said, uh, "Preach the gospel to yourself every day"? Something along those lines. Right. Yeah. I think. I think the. Yes, absolutely. I, I think we are. First of all, we are desperate people, and we we need the gospel. It's not a one-time experience. And to your point. Uh, our minds, our souls need to be renewed in the gospel every day because to, to use the word you used, it's a radical concept. Uh, you know, and whether it's a, a ride you rode on at Universal or Disney or it's a good restaurant, it, it may impact you. Uh, that, that meal may impact you today or tomorrow. The reality is three weeks from now, you'll have forgotten about it until you're, you know, maybe you're looking for that restaurant again. The gospel uh, should impact every nook and cranny, every minute of our day. It doesn't, but it should. And uh, one of the one of the kind of outpourings of the gospel is that we are so amped to tell others about it. Hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think that's, you know, to that point, um, the gospel is, if we take it seriously, endlessly surprising and endlessly deep. So there's never becomes a moment where it just becomes trite or passing. And um, each day we're able to go deeper into it. And each day we're un- able to uncover um, just the, the surprises that, that come with infinite grace. Yeah. Um, we can't even wrap our mind around infinity it's truly beyond our level of comprehension but when you think about i've thought about this before when you think god is infinitely loving and compassionate and merciful um what does that mean i mean that is incredibly deep what does it mean to fully embody 
the greatest extent of uh, quality. And it's something that you'll never be able to grasp in your entire life. So it's a, it's a lifelong pursuit. Amen. That's why when we're, when we're, we're reminded in scripture that when we are, are in glory, uh, there, there won't be, your words won't be enough. You know, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. I mean, we are, you know, I think to your point, it's like, we can't grasp the concept that we will spend eternity in worship. And, uh, that's just kind of mind blowing if you let your mind get around that. But I think the reality is when we are face to face with God, that's, that will be the outpouring of that relationship. Absolutely. I mean, think of uh, think of Isaiah six when Isaiah enters into the throne room of God, and you know he sees the robe that fills up the entire room, and the first thing that he says is, uh, you know, "Woe is me," which you know, loose translation. I, I bring this up, and I've brought this up before in the context of conversation. It means I am destroyed. What a crazy thing that when you get into the presence of God, He just starts tearing you apart and in the best way possible because he's reconstructing us to mission and that's the thing that he does immediately following that you know he says here am i send me Mm. well i think um as we were talking about earlier i think it, it again it stresses the importance of being in community we are we are easily isolated it doesn't matter i mean you're living in the most populated city in the u.s you can be isolated in New York City. I can be isolated in Jacksonville. Our listeners in Meridian, Mississippi can be isolated. If you're in Virginia Beach, you can be isolated. But you weren't designed to be isolated. You were designed to be in community. And to me, that's the the kind of the blessing back to what we were talking about earlier. It's just the, the rich blessing of being in community with other believers so that we can share kind of what God is up to, what he's doing, how he's how he is transforming your life and my life through the power of his spirit and his word being activated in our life. And so, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I invited Jake to join me this afternoon is because I, I wanted to discuss with him uh, something that I, I has been a very, very difficult time. Um, one of the things that we didn't talk about, Jacob, is that you and Meredith, your wife, are living in New York City but uh, you came from Nashville. You're only in New York, I think, for about a year, and then you're going to go back to Nashville. But uh, I wanted to have some discussion with you uh, in the aftermath of the tragedy that took place at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Nashville. Jacob and his wife Meredith are currently, as I said, living in New York City, but Covenant Presbyterian has been their home church over the last couple of years. And Jacob, I know you and Meredith, you know, along with those around the country, have been weeping with those who weep back in Nashville. And, you know, when you, you look back over your life, there are going to be times, there are going to be seasons, there are going to be specific events that shape our lives. And I'm, I'm certain the events that took place on March 27th, 2023, will be an event that kind of ripples throughout your life and Meredith's life. And those who were impacted by this this tragedy, uh, obviously, when these kind of events take place, I think we're we're oftentimes in, in complete shock, uh, which leads yeah. to kind of a slew of questions. And uh, we're going to take another break here in just a second. But 
you know, I want to get into some of those questions, those things that, you know, I remember that morning, this was only three weeks ago, where I remember seeing this, you know, this shooting on the news and uh, remember seeing this church and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I've been in that church. <laughs> and then I, it, 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 I was reminded by your text of what was going on as a lot of our, all of our family and many of those around the country were, you know, tuned in to what was happening. And so when we come back from the break, we'll kind of jump into that and uh, just kind of have some conversations about the aftermath of that. If you are uh, wanting to call in this afternoon, I mentioned the number 844-777-7928. I don't know that that will be available because Jake is calling in on that line. But if you have a question or a comment, send that to ask at SWATradio.com. You're welcome to try that number, see if it works. If not, again, send me a question on ask at SWATradio.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. There's major delays because of a crash on the Matthews Bridge heading east that's away from downtown, blocking all the eastbound lanes. Also, there's emergency vehicles on the West Beltway, 295 southbound, near Collins Road, blocking the left lane there. Mostly clear tonight, low 60s. Saturday will start the weekend sunny, high 87. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes in studio. Doug is off today, hopefully enjoying a little R&R with his uh, bride, Lori. And I've got the unique privilege and blessing of having my son, Jacob, who lives up in New York City, joining me from his uh, Upper West Side apartment there. Jake, welcome back. Good to be here. Well, I, uh, I obviously, we are... Um, I had hoped we maybe could do a video call uh, just so that I could see your face, but uh, I guess this is the second best option. I'm, I know I'm going to get to see you in a few weeks out in Colorado, I believe, correct? Yep, can't 
can't wait. I know. Wait, I, can't I, wait. I, I can't either. We got we just got over the cold weather here. I'm not sure what it's going to be like there. But well, hopefully it's like 85 here today. So. Is it really? Well, that's probably you had said you were battling a little head cold. I figured it's probably because all the flowers are probably starting to bloom up there. They are, you know, the flowers are actually beautiful right now. The park looks spectacular, but uh, the weather is just shooting back and forth. Earlier this week, we were in the 60s uh, and below, 40s, 50s as well. And then today we've been up in the 70s and 80s. So you just never know. It it gets close to, uh, you know, people say that about Florida. If you hate the weather, wait five minutes. I found that New York has a very similar sentiment. So I was going to say, you know, what do you expect up there? You know, up north, you get up in that Yankee land. It, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a little unpredictable, is what you might get. I, I I'll never I say I'll never I'll never forget the time when you and I went up to Chicago, and it was about this time of year. And I remember you and I went downtown. We, we took the train into town. We had we had lunch at ralph's and then uh and then we walked around the city it was absolutely one of the most glorious days the flowers were in bloom it was just just like this perfect day on you know lake michigan downtown chicago and then the very next day i think there were five inches of snow do you remember that oh easily (laughs) and you know it it is funny i think that was exactly this week four years ago wow you know, we, we get a little bit of snow in Nashville and obviously get a little bit of snow in New York City as well. But uh, I, I can't say that we got a lot of snow in the middle of April. So that Chicago is a different beast. If you're from Chicago, like my mom is, uh, props to you. You have different blood than we do. <laughs> yeah, I re- you've probably heard this story, but I remember going to visit your mom. Of course, I was courting your mom at this point. 40 years ago and she i was in colorado skiing over the christmas break and her parents your your grandpa invited me to come and spend the week with them over the christmas break and so i caught a flight out of denver where i had been skiing not skiing in denver but skiing in Vail or something and uh and it caught a flight out of denver landed in chicago and the chill factor that night i flew in was 60 below uh, and quite frankly, as a Texas boy, uh, that was a new kind of cold. I remember walking out and uh, walking out to the car, putting my arm around your mom, my 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 girlfriend at the time, and and, and of course we had already been talking about getting married. I said, uh, "Hey, I love you, but we'll never live here." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drawing lines early. Yeah, ex- exactly. She's That's been living I'm... in Florida for thirty years, so. <laughs> yeah, she she has she has uh, she has enjoyed the benefits of uh, Texas and Florida for forty years, and so uh, so. But I commend you for being willing to go to New York City with your wife, or maybe I commend Meredith for going to New York City with you. So, uh, anyway, hope ho- it's, it's probably a bigger sacrifice for her. For the... <laughs> No doubt. Well, uh, you know, this week at SWAT, uh, we have been working through Acts chapter 25. And and, in particular, we covered the whole chapter this week. But specifically, we had been looking at verses uh, verses 1 through 16 and then verses 17 through 27. And this radical contrast between uh, the life of, of Festus and the life of Agrippa versus the life of Paul. You know, in, in one 
1 through 16, you have a life that is wasted on selfish pursuits in the life of Festus and Agrippa. And yet in verses 17 through 27, you look at a life that is worthy of the gospel, Paul. And of course, you know, anybody who's been around Bible study, studied the word much, you know, you can't help but look at the life of Paul and see a man who dealt with some serious persecution, some serious trials. And it, you know, I think of Paul who said, these are light and momentary afflictions. And none of us who have ever read through any of Paul's writings could ever say that we've been through what Paul has been through. And, uh, you know, it made me, you know, think about what you have been through or what you and Meredith have been through. But even more, more than that, those who are being significantly impacted by the tragedy that happened on March 27, 2023, there in Nashville. And uh, so I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, we just have a conversation about uh, that day in particular, uh, the aftermath of that. And then, you know, kind of just uh, what your experience has been. I'm sure being that you're a member of Covenant Presbyterian Church there in Jack, it is, it is uh, excuse me, in Nashville. It is Covenant Presbyterian, right? It is. So Covenant Presbyterian, yeah, Nashville. Yeah, hard to believe you and Meredith have been married over a year now. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking uh, back to that ceremony Um. And your your pastor, one of your pastors from Covenant Presbyterian, did the did the service. And I've been to a lot of I've been to a lot of weddings. Uh, I was at a wedding last weekend. Uh, we, your your sister, your younger sister, is getting married in a in a few months. And I think of all the weddings I've been to, and quite frankly, I don't recall a wedding where. Uh, a, a pastor did such a good job of explaining the gospel as your pastor did for you, you and Meredith. And uh, I, I know, obviously, that pastor um, was impacted by what happened on on March 27th. But um, let's talk about your your I don't know your membership there, your your involvement in that church, uh, if you would, just for a brief moment. Yeah. So it's funny. Nashville is, uh, it, it is kind of the belt buckle of, of the Bible belt. That's a, a very common phrase, something that you hear bandied around um, there. And that sort of ranges the whole spectrum. Uh, everything from um, very conservative evangelical to, I would say, a large portion of it, since it is such a large artistic community, is very non-denominational, uh, very uh, relaxed. And, you know, it was funny, in the middle of COVID, Meredith and I were going to uh, to another church we loved, we really, really enjoyed it, but everything went online for a really, really extended period of time. And uh, just through a conversation we had together, we said, you know, we need to, we need to get in person somewhere. Um, we, we really were missing that community. We were missing that real person interaction with people. We were missing being known by our pastors. And uh, so we ended up going to another church. Uh, We were there for a little while. And just on an impulse, there was one week, and they were kind of uh, iffy on COVID. Some days they would do it, some days they wouldn't. And um, 
covenant was just steady straight through uh, through the entire entirety of COVID. Um, so we said, you know, let's let's at least just go visit. Let's go spend the day there. And um, we came Sunday morning. I can still remember where we were sitting and listened to Ryan Anderson, um, who is one of the other pastors there, uh, just deliver a very succinct depiction of the gospel. And I think we both walked away and said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is it, but we should, uh, we should explore this again. And uh, got much more involved in uh, the membership process. After a very short period of time, it became apparent to us this was a place that we wanted to be. I got involved in a men's Bible study every Thursday morning, and that was something that was very important to me. That was something that, obviously, Dad, you ingrained from our childhood was just get around men, get around other men who can speak into your life, who aren't a year older than you or two years older than you, but who are 20, 30 years older than you and have much more life experience. And what we appreciated there was just the breadth of you know, generation. It wasn't all young people, which is something you see at a lot of churches. It wasn't all old people. It was just people who were there for the gospel, and that was something we, we really, really appreciated. So, Chad, um, who obviously his daughter was one of those killed, um, led our new membership class, very small new membership class, us and a handful of other people. And to your point, it, it is shocking. You know, we wear... Um, where the officers took uh, took out the shooter, we sat in those chairs right there. Uh, that was where we met with our guardian deacon to discuss becoming a member of the church and making our vows to the church. So it's just, it is crazy. It puts you in a state of shock, but um, at the end of it, you have to, to know that God is sovereign. So. Well, obviously, I kind of in preparation for you and I chatting and no, you know, and we're always I feel like Doug and I are very much we want to work through a text. But so so often we have these kind of interview dialogue. It, we'll just let the Lord lead wherever it leads. And, you know, I, I, I think when I immediately heard and watched kind of what was taking place, you know, I, I, I literally your mom and I literally just weeped i mean you you think about uh these kind of events we hear about them but we're not necessarily super connected um even though it, it's the body of christ i mean this was this and this is not making light of any other shooting that's taken place anywhere else it's just i've never been you know that closely connected with you know or or been significantly impacted by it and so knowing that this is a church not only have I been in, but you and Meredith have been a part of for a while. And, and it's, not just, uh, it's not just something you attend on Sunday. You're, you're, you're actively involved in that community. In fact, I appreciate what you said is you wanted to be a part of a church where you're known, where you're known not just by other people in the church, but you're known by your pastor. I feel like we live in a time where, you know, and and I, I I realize that a lot of the churches we're in are large, very large churches, and it's almost impossible for the pastor, the senior pastor, certainly to know everybody. But I've, I've shared that story many times about our trip to Israel and my conversation with a true shepherd who literally told me that he, a good shepherd can only shepherd about 250 max. 
And, you know, I think, can yeah. you imagine knowing 250 people and really being able to shepherd those people? But to your point, is yeah. be, being known by your pastor is so important. But then on the other side is you knowing your pastor. And obviously yeah. in, in this particular event that happened March 27th, your pastor, your senior pastor, I believe, correct, uh, lost a daughter. In correct. This. Well, yeah, that's correct. And, and to your point, I, you know, I know that there's probably a break here, but I, I wanted to say I, I love that sentiment, the, the idea of a pastor as a shepherd. And I remember hearing a quote recently that said, a good shepherd smells like sheep. And that just really struck me that, you know, if you are, if you are not involved with somebody who can spiritually minister to you, whether that's directly your pastor, because what, what are we going to do? If we have a huge church, are we just going to turn people away because there's someone who's a compelling teacher? Um, that's obviously not the right way. Um, I don't know if that's that's what God's calling us to, but it, it, He is calling us to relationship. He is calling us to be part of a church, and a church is really a family. It's not just a, a place you go to hear an inspirational talk. So. Boy, that is, that is so important. And I think we—and <clears throat> I appreciate your— not just wanting to be an attender or what I call a consumer. I am thankful uh, that there are times in, 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 in that I consume. I'm, I literally come. I come to hear a message. Um, I, I'm, I'm there to worship. I'm there to be equipped so that I can go out. So there's part of me that is coming to consume. But I remember in, in, in Greg Gilbert's book about uh, what is the gospel or, or excuse me, now I forget who wrote it. What, uh, what is a healthy church? You know, talking about what is a healthy church. By the way, great book. You haven't read that. What is a healthy church? Um, it, just talking about how we 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 are such a consumer driven uh, culture that most people come and and they base their experience at church as to what you know what they got out of it, not what they can put into it. And so, you know, knowing that you guys, you and Meredith attended that church but it wasn't just what you could get out of it but what you could put into it and when i think about your pastor what is your pastor's your senior pastor's name his name is chad scruggs chad scruggs chad scruggs phenomenal phenomenal person and really i can't uh, emphasize it enough prayer is powerful and this church needs it and you know i'm i'm always somewhat saddened when I see people who uh, slam, pow- you know, the power of prayer in the midst of these sorts of tragedies. And I just say, you know, for this community, that's, that's all they've got. Um, when you lose a, when you lose a child, I can't even begin to fathom the brokenness that causes and who better to turn to than the people who are praying for you and, and to God. So, uh, I just think that that's important to, to emphasize here. Yeah, huge. Um, and so as I think about you and Meredith, obviously <clears throat> you're in New York City, but I'm certain you've had a lot of interaction with those uh, in your church family back in Nashville, and specifically, obviously, your pastor, Chad Scruggs, and his wife and their their family. I think they had, uh, with it, three kids, I think. They're two boys and a girl or something like that. Yeah, Three kids, two boys, one girl. Yeah. Well, and and to, to what we were mentioning earlier, you know, that <clears throat> what can you give, you know, <clears throat> to your church? And, you know, here's an opportunity. 
uh, in your church back in Nashville because, you know, your pastor, Shepherd Chad, is shepherding the flock. But what happens when that shepherd experiences tragic tragedy such as this? This is where the body of Christ embraces him and and mourns. Uh, Scripture tells us we're we're to mourn with those who mourn. We're to weep with those who weep. And uh, I'm I'm certain there's been a lot of that going on, uh, not just in Nashville specifically at your church uh, there at Covenant Presbyterian. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that uh, these are the moments that the church is made for. You know, we talked a little bit about this previous to this, about why does this happen? Um, how can loving God allow this to happen? And I think, you know, in the middle of it, I'm driven to, to anger and frustration and brokenness. Um, but we also are able to trust that... Uh, God's view of sovereignty is a lot bigger than ours. I, I use this example sometimes in conversation when I'm talking to people about the sovereignty of God, because in the midst of these moments, you can feel like, how could anything good possibly come from this? And that's what people, you know, people say that quite often. And um, I always use this example because it's, it's, um, it's telling, but, you know, Lima, uh, my mom's mom, uh, she actually fled Europe during the Second World War and came here, and that's how she met, you know, Grandpa, and that's how they had Mom, and that's how you guys met. And there's a strange way in which God, in His sovereignty, is working in ways that we cannot fully comprehend. Hmm. That in the moment you think of something like the Holocaust, and you go, "That is as far to the evil, dark end of the spectrum as it's possible to imagine." And yet I stand here a beneficiary of this tragedy. Uh, God works in mysterious ways, and we have to trust that when we say that he is sovereign, he is working it to his glory. We just may not see it. And um, that's, hard to, that's hard to conceptualize because we so deeply want to, to understand, but God is calling us to you know, accept him as sovereign, not, not just to understand it. Couldn't have said it any better, and I think the um, <clears throat> obviously scripture comes to mind. You know where uh, it's often a, a verse that people quote as you know as such a comforting passage, and we know this that for those who love God, Romans eight twenty eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Now. Listen, that, that is a great passage, and it's, a, it's certainly a passage we can take comfort in, but it's equally as important as to understand that he uses that word purpose. In other words, whatever's happening, whatever circumstances are going on, be it the Holocaust, as you said, the far, mm. as evil as it gets, a shooting in Nashville at a church uh, or a school, um, or some lustful desire you might have that doesn't honor God. He, he says here in verse 29, which really lays out the purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be, I love this word, to be conformed to the image of his son. And I think about the fact that when you look over your life, 
and you look at the events that have taken place in your lifetime or even before your lifetime, God is using those for good to those who are called according to his purpose. But remembering that his purpose is that he's in the process of conforming us into the image of Christ. And I say this a lot, and I'm reminded of this even in the circumstances of my own life, is that God's going to use some difficult things in my life to conform me into the image of Christ. I love what Paul says. He says, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Now, you're never going to see that in me because that completion is going to take place when I'm in glory with him. But on this side of glory, on this side of glory, we live in a fallen world. And even in a fallen world, we have a sovereign God who's ruling it and he's allowing these events. And so, you know, and that's not to make light of these events. These events are, are catastrophic. They're, they're tragic. And, you know, to your point, I wrote down just things that would come to my mind. How, how could someone do something like this? You know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you and, and, just full confession, you know, when things like this happen, my heart breaks, obviously, for those who are impacted. But it breaks again when I see how uh, a lost world immediately tries to lay blame on somebody, you know, or some one person or, you know, some policy or lack of policy. Are, are you seeing that? Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it's it's easy to get caught up into that. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I, I found myself extremely disheartened. I had a lot of conversations with, with Meredith about this because, you know, in Nashville, people sort of take up the, the activist tact. And I thought, in the middle of this, this is not what we need. This is, for those of us who knew people who were affected by it and care about people who were affected by it, this isn't some abstract thing that happened in a distant, you know, distant place. This is home to us. And in the middle of that, I think we, I I think that we have so dramatically over the last 100 to 200 years, as we as a society have lost faith in God, we have placed it in the system. And so much of the faith of, of people who have no God, the system is their God. The system is their savior. They're looking for a policy that's going to save them. They're looking for a politician who's going to save them. And there's no one who can save except for Christ. And and that's, I think, the hard reality, um, you know, bringing it full circle. The gospel is the savior that we need. We don't need a savior in the system. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's... Uh, that's something that I would reiterate to anybody who's affected by this, especially, or, or anybody who's hearing this. Your first, if your first impulse is, what can we do in the system? I would say just put that on hold, mm. and your first impulse should be to reach out to the people that you love yeah. or reach out to the people who are affected and see how they're doing yeah. um, in the middle of these things that we're called to love. So. Well, that I which mean, is that, the antithesis of what this was. So yeah, exactly, and and you know what, uh, we've got just about a little over a minute left uh, before we have to call it a day. But you know, Jake, I I couldn't agree with you more. And this is not you or me saying that there aren't discussions to be had about 
you know, gun control or policies of whatever they might be. Mm. Um, I'm not yeah. smart enough to know what the answer is uh, regarding those kind of things. But how 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 can we be the church to those who are suffering? You know, uh, uh, scriptures that come to mind. I mean, uh, obviously, you, you just want to cry and weep and mourn with those who are suffering. You know, I think of Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Uh, Revelation 21, 4, uh, one that we all know, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We can look to the future knowing that there will come a day. But today, we're here. And and how can we be the church today? And the first thing we we should do is to pray. And so I want to close with that, Jacob. Thank you so much for taking time just to hang with me today. Always a blessing, Dad. Love to hear your voice. All right, brother. Love you. And, uh, hey, remember your sister has a birthday tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, I remember. I 